Alrighty, y'all. Welcome to the Next Up Show, where we talk about everything music, entertainment, creative, and business related. Learn from the unique route that these young creative-minded people have taken within their respective crafts. On today's episode, I'll be joined by Connor Bass, one of my really good friends who's found a lot of success in his videography and photography business. Bates and I met a ways back a couple years ago when I was just starting my music and he was kind of just getting his name out here at Oregon State with his videography photography work. We kind of just linked up and magic has happened since then. Before we start, I just want to say thank you for joining us, y'all. I hope that y'all finish this episode with some new insight, some new knowledge. And without further ado, I'll let the man Bates speak for himself. All righty. Bates, welcome to the podcast, man. Welcome to Next Up. Thank you for having me, my man. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about yourself, you feel me? What you do, who you are, and all that. Well, okay, so I'm um, originally from California. I um, grew up in Napa Valley. I've uh, been into photography and videography since about 7th or 8th grade. Of course, started as a hobby um, had I remember I had one of the first GoPros and there was actually a different action camera that no one probably remembers nowadays. It was called the Contour. And I, uh, I started with those two and sort of lost touch with um, the, the passion for photography and video during high school because I was really into sports and was really focused on school and um, had a girlfriend and all these things that just took my focus away from that. But come my senior year of high school... I actually, I broke my leg during um, the middle of, the, of my last season of football. And I was really committed to the team, really wanted to contribute during my last couple weeks with them. So I had actually just recently, that the summer before this season, bought my first DSLR camera. I saved up all my money. It was spent like 700 bucks, bought a, um, a Nikon. And I had been dabbling with it uh, at first, you know, of course I was still very much focused on football and was excited for the last season. Um, but then broke my leg and couldn't do much on the field, at least with a, with a football. So I decided, well, okay, I'm going to really dive deep into this, um, this videography thing and start making video highlight recaps of all of the football games that I'm going to, I want to still go, I want to still be a part of it. And I'm just going to try to bring some hype to my dudes. So started doing that. And at the time I was on Twitter and, uh, which I don't even use anymore. haven't used in a while because I actually got banned from it due to all of my copyrighted songs that I was using on videos that I'd post, which is, you know, explains what I do quite well. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And so, so started posting these videos on Twitter and they gained really, really good traction, especially for that time. This was around 2016, 2017, they were getting all these retweets and replies and stuff. And it was kind of the, you know, the talk of the town for a second. Um, people were really just excited about the amount of hype that and attention that our program was getting. So I felt good being able to contribute and still do something for my team. Um, I was doing it the whole time on crutches. And from there, for the remainder of my high school, so that was obviously in the fall for football season, the remainder of my high school time, I graduated the following spring in 2017. I just dove right into this. I was doing videos for every single thing I could possibly do. You know, the next seasons were basketball and, and wrestling, started making promos for them, was friends with the coaches. And next season was track started making, which I also ran. And I started making promos for the track team and gosh, the cross country team, 
anything I could get my hands on. We had a, a NASA astronaut come to our school to talk. I made a video for them and it actually got used in NASA's like internal you know, communications and, and promotions at the time. Oh, what? I had no idea about that. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And I got to meet her and, and sent it to like a NASA email, which was pretty cool. Like I said, really dove headfirst into it. And um, thinking back, I, it, it was effortless. Honestly, it wasn't something that I felt forced to do. Um, it was almost like it was my calling, really. It was the exact opposite of being forced. I, I really was trying to just put myself um, in a position where I could benefit both myself and the people around me while I had the chance to. So yeah, it was, it was cool. And then, you know, from there kind of got uprooted because I, I left, I was developing this network in, in my hometown, especially in, in with, for this, what was then becoming a business, right? I was slowly beginning to charge people for like, I got into photography too. And I was taking pictures of my friends and doing like senior portraits. And I did like, I remember, I think I did two, two senior portrait sessions. And I think I did both of them for 50 bucks. And which was crazy for me at the time. Like, this is nuts. So that, so that was like your first gig. Pretty much. Yeah, I did. Um, I did it. So that was you in high school, right? That was me in high school. Correct. Um, I, I did it for just a couple friends of friends for their senior photos. Um, and they were, if I'm being honest, sorry if they hear this, but it, they were absolute garbage. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I just, that was what I used to start my portfolio. Hell yeah. Um, and, and from there, my, like I was mentioning before, my, my life sort of got uprooted and my network got uprooted because I moved from Napa to Oregon State and was honestly presented with an ultimatum where I was like, all right, well, and, and I was studying engineering at the time. I switched to marketing later, but I was like, well, okay, you know, there's all this new opportunity, all these new things. I can either choose to keep pushing this photography and video thin, or I can continue to push it or I cannot. And I just decided to keep going. I was meeting a bunch of people that were down to do, be creative and take photos, take videos. And, and by that time I was getting a little better at what I was doing. So I was getting excited about it because I was sort of surpassing that barrier of entry to any craft where you're like, damn, I am awful. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you, and you know, it's, it's best to be honest about that with yourself. And you're like, well, I can either put in the time to get better, like any craft needs to do, or I can just count my wins and, and, and choose to do something else from here on. So really just t- decided to continue diving into it, decided to start building up that network again in Oregon. And this was done in any way, shape or form I could. I was using like Instagram, finding people with like location filters that were at Oregon. And it sounds like stalker at, in, in retrospect. Like I was literally- You are a stalker. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I was, I was- I was looking at people's location tags, but I mean, what? this was all to me you public weirdo. information. I'm playing. <laughs> that I could, it is public information. You know, yeah. So it was, while it was very forward, it was just being resourceful with what I had at my disposal because I didn't have much. I A lot of people at Oregon State, for those of you that don't know, I mean, a lot of people from Oregon State or that go to Oregon State are from Oregon. A lot of people knew each other. And a lot of people also were not from Oregon. I mean, there's a good chunk that aren't, but like, I would say vast majority were from Oregon. So I was being presented with this network of people that all knew each other, but I didn't know them and they didn't know me. So I really approached it like, okay, let me hit the people. Honestly, again, sound shallow, but let me hit the people that know the most people. Wow. And so I'll go from there. You know, I was doing shoots with female models that had a lot, a, a larger following on Instagram. 
they had a lot of friends that would also like to do shoots. And from there, I was building up this portfolio where I was doing a lot of free work, tons of free work. My entire freshman year. You know, I'm just teasing you. You were just interacting with people who are well-known in the community. I don't really see nothing wrong with that. Right. And, and I agree, dude. And there's way, you know, the, the funny thing is there's ways to go about that. Um, from my end where you can seem like a, a, a leech, right. right? I could have like approached them and not respected them. That's and true. Th- them as humans, them as creatives, them as models. I could have done that and it would not have ended well for me. That's real. If I was, if I had developed a reputation of just, you know, uh, utilizing these, these dudes and these chicks for just their looks and, you know, really just going skin level in this, in the creative elements, um, that's how you just tarnish your, your reputation as a creative. Mm-hmm. So I would always make sure to make sure that they knew that I was appreciative of them giving me the time. Um, they'd know that I was doing it mostly to develop a portfolio. They were down for it because they'd get some free pictures. And it was just like, listen, I'm trying to develop a business. You are good in front of the camera. Let's do this. You know, it was never... It was a win-win. Yeah, win-win. Exactly. There weren't any false promises trying to be made or anything like that. So... That's what allowed me to maintain that approach from the get-go. And then things just from there, it was a lot simpler than I think people make it out to be. People will ask me, and, and I know they'll ask you, Takum, too, like, how'd you do it? What's the, what's the secret? Like, like, give me some tips. And I honestly believe it's, it's that's way over, that even that question is overcomplicating it. You know, it's like there's some, um, like there's some golden key to it, like, from from those those free shoots, I developed this portfolio, and then it was just like, okay, what am I worth? Two fifty for a shoot, perfect. Let's start there and see who's willing to invest in me at that price level. Boom, start doing that. Okay, I'm kind of approaching. Um, I'm approaching a plateau. People are kind of it's kind of stagnant. Business is is kind of stagnant right now. What can I do to sort of add some muscle to my portfolio? Well, I got a job at the Oregon State. Um, Orange Media Network. That gave me a lot of opportunities to continue to push my my creative um, instincts, my creative skills, and and develop more and really be critiqued. Yeah, and, hold up on that thought right there. Give yeah. the give the listeners a little you know explanation of what that Orange Media was looking like, what what they do, and what you were doing over there. Right. So Orange Media Network was the or is the media network that is in charge of all of the internal media that Oregon State produces, whether it's video commercials, whether it's the magazine that goes out to all the students and the alumni, the newspaper that goes out to the students, and the alumni. It's the primary media source that all of the students, faculty, and alumni will would consume relative to Oregon State. And on top of that, a couple of the departments, one being the one that my department, the creative video department, we would take clients from the local community. So not just Oregon State, we would take clients from the local community, even as far as Portland and produce content for them as well. I don't, so I don't think I actually knew that. Yeah, yeah. So one week we'd be working on a commercial for SafeRide, which is a, a transportation service that Oregon State offers. And then the next week I'd be doing a commercial for one of the new um, apartment complexes that was being built in Corvallis or Salem or, you know, X, Y, and Z locations, maybe another small business that wanted just a icebreaker entry level promotional video. Boom. We do that for them too. So, so this, so did you, did you gain commission off of that? Or was that, was that solely just like, you know, a paycheck from Oregon state for working for orange media? Yep. 
Oh, the, what the, that's what it was. It, they it would was. just pretty much get all the commission themselves and they would just be like, Hey, we have an opportunity for you as a creative to kind of get some experience. Correct. That's exactly what it was. They would, they would hire, I was hired as a full-time or well, technically part-time employee. Cause I was a full-time student. So I was a part-time employee. I'd come in every week. My director would tell me, Hey, we have these projects lined up. And he'd literally look at me. It was a team of like three of us. We were in charge of everything. And it was kind of a lot. I, I took on a lot of it. And he'd be like, yeah, who wants this? Who has the time to do this this week? It was a super healthy workplace. I mean, Steven, Steven was the director at Orange Media and he was he really respected our schedules and uh, was just an awesome boss. Um, but yeah, so we, would, we wouldn't get commissioned. We would just take on as many hours of work to produce these projects um, each week that we were comfortable with. So that was that. And you were paid by the hour there or was it? Paid by the hour. Yep. Gotcha. So I'd log my own hours and, uh, okay. Yeah. So this was, you know, it was, it was a step up. It was definitely the most at that time, this was my sophomore year of college. This was the most continuous, reliable source of income that I had made from my craft at that point. Up until then I was having, you know, gigs here and there, but very low paying and very just, you know, entry level, I would say. It's such a great way to make income though, you know, being able to do what you want to do because not everybody has the luxury of doing that or that opportunity. So no, just to have that presented to you uh, when you moved from Napa to Oregon State, like just having that opportunity to be like, look, we have a creative space here on campus and we have opportunities for you to build your experience and and take on some gigs while pursuing a craft that, you know, that you're passionate about. So that's that's really cool that you got to make income off of that, you know? Right. No, I, I completely agree. I was blessed with the opportunity being there. Um, however, I will sort of counteract one element of that, that, you know, it wasn't necessarily presented to me. So yeah, so this was an opportunity. I mean, places like Oregon State, they offer so many resources for students, you know, like what it really comes down to is what the students are willing to go out and get, what they're willing to take advantage of. Because had I not been, you know, ambitious enough to go get a job, because I definitely didn't want to, did not want to work while I was in school, especially as a sophomore. But, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to go get a job that's related to what I do. And it that should make it easier. It should make it a little more effortless and a better investment of my time. That's what I was thinking to myself. So I went out and found this job. And I think that as a creative and someone that's trying to build a business, it's like you have to be very conscientious of where you're at in terms of your, your development, I can, you know, fast forward to now, a lot of things come to me now because I have put in my 10,000 hours and set up the, the conveyor belt of, I'm going to call it that the conveyor belt. I've set it up. So those opportunities are being created on that conveyor belt based on the seeds that I've already planted. But you have to be honest, if you're at a point in your career where you have not planted any seeds or you haven't planted very many at all, you have to be willing to go out of your way to create those opportunities because nothing's going to do it for you. You haven't gotten to that point yet. So that's just something to, to keep in mind, you know, because had I not gone and done that orange media job, I would not have, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to transition from there to Oregon State Athletics, where I continued to push my creative limits and was under a little bit more of a strict creative schedule and creative direction. Um, I was under an amazing boss, Casey Byers. Like I'll call him a director, less of a boss. He'd kill me if I called him a boss, but, <laughs> but it was, you know, if I had never, if I had, ne it, it's, you can kind of see how linear this is. 
I get to school. I decide I want to be, I want to continue with photography. Boom. Okay. Free shoots. Who wants to shoot? I'm surrounded by a bunch of young, energetic, willing college kids that, you know, they're being approached by a photographer and they're down to take photos. Cool. Take a bunch of photos. Now I have a portfolio. I present that portfolio to Orange Media Network. Hey, this is what I do. God, please hire me. I'm so broke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like life of I'm a like, college student, right? I'm like, yeah, the dining dollars ran out a month ago. I need food. And, <laughs> and oh, the dining dollars. And so boom, you know, get the job with Orange Media Network, work there for about a year and a half, get presented with this opportunity just because I'm in the space. And I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I think one of my Orange Media Network gigs was with athletics and I got connected with some athletics people, meet that team. And then, you know, present myself to them, get hired by them. Awesome. Casey nourishes my, you know, at which was, well, this is my junior year at that point. So Casey is who? Casey Byer, the director of video for, or he was uh, for yes, Oregon yes. State. Um, for athletics? Athletics. Yes. Athletics video. Gotcha. Yes. And um, so, you know, he really pushes me creatively and takes me under his belt, you know, just challenges what he saw in me. And, and he, and he, all, he would always tell me, he's like, I, you have, this a vision unlike anyone else. And like, let's make sure that it's polished and, and, um, challenged, you know? And I, and I appreciate that. I could have easily been like, no, I <laughs> screw you. My vision's perfect. I don't want your help, <laughs> you know? And I swallowed my pride and I was just like, yes, literally give me everything. Like teach me everything, you know, I can choose what I want to run with, but it's right. opening yourself to that critique and challenge and, and some skepticism that takes a lot of strength. That takes some, some balls to be like, <laughs> you know, especially as a creative. Uh, exactly. Though, you know? is, and that's exactly what I mean, especially as a creative to be like, listen, I'd want to be damn proud of my work, but I need someone to be honest with me because otherwise I'm not going to keep growing. That is what an honest creative says themselves. The dishonest creative will say I'm fucking good and everyone should treat me accordingly, right? Yeah. The best in the world don't say that, <laughs> which says something. That's that's real. You know? Yeah. My roommate right now is one of the best uh, musicians in the world and has had one of the most decorated careers of anyone in you know music history. And he is right now trying to teach himself things about music and that sort of thing. So- what I'm trying to say is if you're in it for the wrong reason, you won't go far. So, so what, what are those right reasons to you? That's a great question, brother. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, first in the bare bones minimum of it, it's being honest. If you actually enjoy your craft or not, are you in it for the craft or are you in it for the fruits that hang from the tree that it's, the accolades. you know, the accolades, mm-hmm. are you in it for the attention? Are you in it for the oohs and the ahs or, you know, which is okay. We're entertainers. At least, you know, what we're talking about, we're entertainers. I want to get that praise from people, but not, it's not so much praise. It's, it's acknowledgement. I want to know that I affected somebody in, in a way that I wanted to, whether it's make them feel sad. Cause sometimes that's an intention you want you, we create things to make people feel sad, to really be in touch with that part of their conscious or make them feel happy, excited. Right. Are you doing it? for those true meaningful reasons or not. Um, and a lot of the times, unfortunately, it's it's hard for people to be this honest with themselves. That's why people go down this path of either 
they're going to be all right because <laughs> they are in it for the go- those good reasons, those truthful, genuine reasons, or they'll go down the path thinking that that they're hot shit and and looking for that just praise and everyone to just sort of bow in their presence. Of course, I'm be- I'm exaggerating. I like to call them clout chasers. Clout chasers or drainers, right? Drainers. Drainers yeah. is a yeah. But yeah, honestly, I agree with you. You know, it's it's important to like those right reasons or, you know, if you're passionate about that craft that you're in or, you know, like it's the relationships that you get to build along the journey that could just be lifelong too. You know, that's kind of how we met. Yeah. And it is through our crafts. And it's, it's like the, I like how you, you sometimes put it, if I'm speaking for you, it's like the idea of, you know, building basically your life surrounded by people you care about and want to be around within your craft, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's just being, it's all of the, it's all the non-tangible things Mm -hmm. that make up the craft. You know, it's not, it's not really all about the accolades, although getting paid for gigs and whatnot is amazing. That's great. You know, it is. Yeah. That's not, that's not where that ultimate fulfillment comes from. Right. No, it's not exactly. That's a great way to put it. Cause that's not, um, it's not sustainable that, that, that alternative approach. And I'll, I'll explain it like this. The people that are in it for the right reasons get excited about the next day that they get to do their craft. They get to learn something new. They get to just get one tack off the, if you were, you know, imagining it as a sculpt, one of those old style sculptures that you're creating this amazing figure out of a slab of rock, right? They're excited for that next tick, that next little just tap of the hammer. Whereas people that are in it for the wrong reasons give a shit about any of those taps their mind the whole time is just set on what it's going to look like at, at the end of it. Right. Where, yeah. you know, the, 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 the healthy creative, they, they understand that what they're working for. They've got that, that ultimate vision. They know what it's going to look like in the end, but they're not, each step is not oriented exactly for that reason. They're excited for the little things. Right. Yeah. So, so I was going to ask you, what what does it really mean to be like a healthy creative and an unhealthy creative? Yeah, I mean, and you know, it's funny because especially with, with how young we are, we're still learning a lot. You know, like we're, gosh, I mean, we have so much to learn and so many, so much perspective to gain. Um, but uh, how, how would I put that? I mean, a healthy, because I did, I did just think of that sort of that way to phrase it, healthy versus unhealthy creative. And I mean- just to give you, you know, just to give you a little bit of momentum with your thoughts yeah, yeah. on that. I think a healthy creative is someone that, you know, someone who is open-minded about their work and doesn't really fall to judgment, you know, like, right. It's, um, it's somebody who is knowingly knows that they feel good about their work and they're okay with sharing it and are comfortable, you know, with letting the world know what they're up to. Um, I think that it's somebody that doesn't try to compare themselves to other people, you know, mm. like a healthy creative is somebody who does well with comparing their work to their yesterday's work mm-hmm. and just self-improvement aspect of it. And it's just, you know, it's like, like you said, how we talked about the healthy creative is somebody who's in it for the right reasons, you know yes. what I mean? Yes. So yeah, yeah. That, thank you. That, that does help. I, um, I would say that, you know, in, in a, in a very cliche and, and sort of broad point of view, it's really just the healthy creative finds so much fulfillment and value in the process rather than rather than the end than the end goal. 
I mean, that, say that that's, we, that's a great way to put it. You know, yeah, we, we've kind of touched on that already, but um, the healthy creative will feel probably more, they will feel more fulfilled by the late nights and the honest talks about their work and working to the late nights, improving their craft. than they will, when they get to go to a conference and show it on a big screen, that like that moment for them is cool. And they're excited that everyone gets to, to see it, but the true fulfillment and true emotions came from the late nights and the, the fuck ups screwing it up sitting it's there. Funny not, you say it, you know, it's you funny know. you say that because, you know, cause you know, I'd be doing music and stuff. And when I'd be putting my stuff out, sometimes I'm like, okay, cool. Like I finally got out what I wanted to get out, but it was just the process of making the song and all the time and hours that went into it is that's what was build, building that fulfillment. You know what I mean? Right. And I think another thing is, you know, with us being entertainers and all that, like just getting that reaction or engagement from people appreciating the work or just like, you know, or like, you know, going out of their way to send a direct message to us about our work and stuff like that. That is fulfillment to me. That doesn't have to do anything with any sort of income or anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, there's so much fulfillment that comes from just being able to impact your community or people who follow you or surrounded by your work. Correct. I agree. I agree. And, and, and to continue that contrast or that comparison between the unhealthy and healthy creative is they'll both, you know, ultimately let's assume that they both reach a point where they post a a piece of work and they're getting appreciated for it. They're getting praised for it. Awesome. The, from that moment on, as they continue, the healthy creative will be like, damn, I just got this. I just got all this praise. I want to dive back into my, I want to go back to my roots. I want to dive into my craft and, and get better so I can, so I can wow them again. You know, whereas the unhealthy creative will look at it like, damn, now I got to go back and do this all again to get this. Like they will be, they will be, um, discouraged by the process of what it took to get that praise. Whereas the healthy creative will be excited and, and just anxious to get back on in that grind of, of learning new things and trying to bring more, um, more emotion to their, to their audience. That's, that's a great way to put it, you know? Yeah. It looks like Thank we you. ended up touching base on, you know, what a healthy creative is and what an unhealthy creative is. It's yeah. It's kind of funny. I never know. really thought about that concept, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's easier to look at when you sort of just simplify it into those two categories, because at the end of the day, that is where people will fall into. It's, it's one or the other really. And, uh, I'm sure that people, come to mind in my mind and your mind and anyone that's listening that, that is either a healthy creative or an unhealthy creative. And, yeah, and you know, what's funny is that another element of, you know, we've, we've been mainly talking very internally about those two personas, but it's even, it, to me, it's even more obvious when you are like interacting with one of them, an unhealthy or healthy creative you probably, and I'm not even talking like if you don't have to be a creative, just as a person, you can tell fucking usually immediately, you know, that if they're like, oh, they're just in it for the clout. They're not really good at what they do, but they're just like using people to lift them up and just like, you know, you know what I mean? 
Um, like lift up their like social currency. Yeah, that's that's exactly. not how I put it. It's like, it's a social currency to me. And right. like it's it's very evident when you when you speak to people if they're being genuine about their craft or if it's if it's you know it's just there for the the awards and accolades and the attention you know like right. you, it's just very obvious that that includes models that includes mm-hmm. musicians artists videographers photographers or anybody in the creative or entertainment realm you know right right 100% so diving back into just how to how to keep going how to develop your business it's uh it's just important to be aware of that you have to be honest with yourself and if you're not able to be honest with yourself then that's an issue straight up. Um, that's real because yeah, if you can't be, yeah, if you can't be real with yourself, then and like, you know, you. Not, there's no, su- <laughs> yeah, there's no sugarcoating that. Like you got work to do if you can't yeah. be honest with yourself, because being honest with, your, with yourself, not only affects, you know, your self-talk, your self-motivation, all those selves. But in my opinion, sometimes more importantly, it will affect your relationships with people and relationships with people. We're communal beings. That's the only way you're going to go anywhere with any craft. I don't even, I don't care if it's a creative craft. It can be any other industry too. You are not going to go anywhere if you are not aware of how the way that you talk about yourself and the things around you, how that affects other people, because you will rub people the wrong way. You know, and there's, I always, I'm always subconsciously thinking about that saying of like, who cares what people think about you? Just like do you, if they don't want to be around you, like fuck them, you know, true to an extent. You cannot just say, fuck what people think about me and walk away from the mic. Like you cannot just say that because that is very arrogant and it's a, it's a give and take. Like you have to be conscious of what people think about you because there's other good people around you. And if a good person thinks something is a little bit off with you, then maybe you should think about that. Like (laughs) it's worth, it's worth your time because sometimes we are blind to our own misconceptions. And like, sometimes it's very hard for us as individuals to acknowledge things that we ourselves are doing or aren't doing. Sometimes it takes some intervention from someone else to be like, Hey man, like, you know how you put that or the way you acted in that situation, like that wasn't cool. You know? And like, the arrogant person will be like, ah, fuck you. You know, I don't care what you think about me. I'm living my life. Right. right. <laughs> you know, at least the reasonable person will be like, you know what? I'm at least going to consider that. Maybe you disagree, right? Sometimes people are wrong, but it's always worth thinking about in my opinion, because then, then whenever you go and try to land that next gig, and again, it circles back whenever you land that next gig, whenever you're, you know, I, I got this gig here in Vegas because I, they had not seen my work. So I, I guess I should explain this a little bit. Um, Oh, uh, what I was going to tell you is, um, I'm thinking about saving this bigger portion. I mean, honestly, there's just so much to unpack when it comes to, you know, your creative process and stuff. And I, you know, I'd love to have make this like a part one and have a part Mm. two, because I still want to get into questions like the sacrifices you've had to make to build Mm. your craft, what kind of, um, opportunities kind of upscaled your business and, you know, I want to get into a lot of that stuff and how you ended up in Vegas and stuff, because obviously the listeners don't know how that works. And I also wanted to talk to you about how, like what you suggest for younger videographers, photographers that, you know, might look up to the work that you're doing or, you know, that, you know, just give them some insight on like, you know, like specific mistakes that you've made throughout your, 
throughout your journey and mm. things you wish maybe you could change or or things that you right. you are that you are glad that happened, you know, throughout your journey of being a creative. And so um I'm thinking we save that for part two, you know. All right. So yeah. I, but I appreciate you being in this in this podcast. Yes, you know? sir. Thank you for having Making me. Time for me and all that. Absolutely. If you have any last words for the listeners before I end this little thing. Go ahead. Oh, man. The stage is yours. Oh, dropping that, dropping that <laughs> ball, huh? Um, yes, sir. Give them some words of Bates wisdom. Man, ultimately, I would just say that anything forced isn't worth forcing. It's uh, whether whether it's regarded to your craft, whether it's your industry, your job, your relationships. Nothing forced is worth forcing. It it, it will never. Nothing good will ever come from forcing things. There's a difference between forcing and stepping out of your comfort zone. That is person by person. You have to be honest with yourself about what that, what that means to you. But if you're forcing something, it will never, it will never turn out to be what your, your mind's eye is, is hoping it will. So just be careful with that and let your, your emotions guide where you want to go. Don't force things, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. All righty, my man. Well, thank right, you. I appreciate you. All right, bro. Yep. Take care. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. All right, y'all. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Next Step Show, where we talk about everything music, entertainment, creative, and business related. I hope y'all subscribe to the channel, because if you don't, you're going to miss out on a lot of good content in the future. All right. I'll see y'all soon.